0: Welcome gamers this week's episode of Last Call of Gaming, we're episode number 172. Today is July 9th, but however, by the time you're seeing this, it's probably the 10th, which would be Monday. Um, a little bit behind on schedule. My name is Craig Perales, joining me today, as always, Mandrew Montemare, guys. We want to start by saying uh, apologies that there was no episode for last week, but last week was the big 4th of July event. Andrew and I both had a bunch of friends and family and talent, so we figured, you know what, Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the holiday. Have some fun. I know your brother and stuff came in town. Do you have fun? Yeah,
1: yeah. I had a good time. It's finally getting, like, crazy hot out here. For those of you that don't know where we live, it gets up to, like, 115 every day, 120. Once the night hits, it's, like, 100 degrees, so it's finally time to hit that, like, night swimming where it feels good.
0: Yeah, I saw somebody um, posting in, like, Phoenix or Tucson, and they're like, oh, it's getting really hot. I'm like, it gets hot there, dude. I'm like, but it's not BHC hot, so it's been... It's been a real uh, real
1: fire scorcher. Oh man, my family in California, oh man, it's so hot outside. It's like 89.92
0: today. I'm like, get out of here, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like that's winter. Yeah. Here. So guys, once again, apologies, but thank you guys for hanging in there with us. So guys, if you're joining us on the YouTube channel today, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share, hit that notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on any of our social media, our link tree link is in the description. And if you guys are following us on the audio only version of the podcast, You can check us out on any podcast platform of your choice. And I do need to make one more correction too. So apologies for any of the audio listeners um, because I don't think our last episode came out on time. I could have sworn I put it up. And when I think Collins was the one that texted me, he's like, I don't think your guys' episode went up. And I went to go check. It saved as a draft, like everything was on there. But it never uploaded it. So I was like, damn it. So sorry to any of you guys who missed a week of it uh, for the audio listeners. And I was really bummed out about that. I'm like, I got to got I guess, beyond that, better,
1: so. I forgot about it, too. I got the notification on my phone. I'm like, oh, man, I thought that went up, like, a while ago.
0: Yeah, I'm glad Colin caught it, though, so.
1: But I do want to throw in one more thing, because I see a lot of other people mention it, so I figure we should, too, that just go ahead, pause the video, take two seconds, and give us that little like right now. Because that really does help out the algorithm for whatever reason, so that helps us get out there more, and any little bit, we totally appreciate
0: Yeah, definitely, guys, so. Thank you guys for joining us today, and before Andrew and I get into our main topic of conversation we'd like to do, what are you up to? We take a quick second, talk about anything we've been playing, anything we've been watching. I'll jump first on this one. I think you usually kind of swing off first. Yeah, go for it. um, I have been watching this, uh, or I just recently watched this documentary called Pretending I'm Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. It came out in 2020. It's on Amazon right now, if you guys are interested in checking it out, and it's pretty much the story of how Tony Hawk kind of came into getting Tony Hawk Pro Skater off the ground. It kind of shows the highlights that how much of a juggernaut number one was when they did it, how awesome two was, I think three and four is kind of when it started hitting its peak and then kind of almost the downfall of when they did five and then they started getting into like the the boards, like shred or whatever it was called. Um, it's really cool kind of seeing how Tony Hawk was kind of this up and comer, how he kind of landed with, and meeting like Activision and Neversoft and making the game. You get to see a lot of interviews uh, with guys like Chad Muska, Steve Caballero, Rodney Molin. So I think you were talking about it a, a while back, but I finally ended up getting around to watching it. And I gotta say, it, it was it's really cool. A lot of, I mean, all the music people that they were talking to, like a lot of the bands are like, you know. A lot of people they wouldn't put their music in certain movies or something, but a lot of these guys felt down to earth, with like with like kind of the punk skate kind of scene. So a lot of these guys were like, yeah, throw our music in there. And I'd argue this, it probably made Tony Hawk one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time. I know that I've seen some bands say that they're like life changed because
1: of having like their music in a game like that. But if you are interested in more of that stuff too, go to a YouTube channel. It's called the Nine Club. It's run. Uh, it's a. It's like a podcast with uh, Chris Roberts, and usually he has other skaters on, and he's done a couple with Tony Hawk, and um, you don't have to watch the whole thing. They have a couple like short ones, too, so you can look it up, like Tony Hawk game or whatever, where Tony Hawk does go into a little bit of how much he made from some of the games, how it changed his life, and some of the other stuff in there, and they've gone over that, too, on some of the podcasts, and it's like really cool, and they even talk about how... Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, how he was the person at first in some of the games that was advocating, like, no, these pro skaters, like, they're professional athletes. You're going to pay them this much. You're not just going to get, like, lowball them just have their name in a game. I don't know if they mentioned that yeah, in there. Yeah, they but. get into
0: that. They do a whole thing of how it got more girls into skating, people of color into skating. It was really just a big, a big push from what used to be, like, an underground scene to, to now an Olympic sport. So, yeah, it's really good on kind of the evolution of, of not only the game but as the skating scene as well. I love
1: that. I've been meaning to watch that, and I completely forgot about it.
0: Yeah, so as far as what I've been playing... um. After I just finished Big Final Fantasy XVI, which I'll talk about in a second, I kind of just wanted something chill to to play, something I can listen to a few podcasts. I was just showing Andrew the game, because I don't know if you've actually seen it in action, which is Harvest Moon. um, That's on the SNES. It's on the Switch uh, collection. Harvest Moon, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is known in Japan as Farm Story. It's a farm simulation role-playing video game developed by... Amkiss for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the game was first released in Japan by Packing Video in 96, and in North America by Natsuma in 97, and in Europe by Nintendo in 98. It's essentially just a, I mean, a rudimentary farming simulator game on Super Nintendo, which might sound boring to you if that's not something you're into, but as a Super Nintendo game the music is solid the color is solid so it's still a game that 100% holds up the reason I love it is I used to play me and my brother Juno used to play it as a kid and I don't think I've ever beaten it and now that I'm kind of in like a downtime I'm just kind of playing this game it's something easy to play there's three years worth of the game and every season is represented in 30 days and I just started my second year I got some cows I got some chickens going on um I don't know, for me it's a lot of fun and I'm catching up on a bunch of podcasts. I just showed you, were you familiar with it all really before that? I know we, because we did talk about it and Andrew and I did a top 5 SNES games. If you guys want to check that out. And I threw it on that list. But I don't know if you've ever actually seen it in play.
1: No, I was telling Craig, for some reason, I thought, like, I knew about the farming stuff. But I also thought there was, like, JRPG elements in it. Like, you had to, like, fight monsters. Fight monsters, or, right? like, out of the farm. <laughs> or, yeah, I, I thought that's what kind of game it was. So, no, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad you're playing that instead of, you know, Resident
0: Evil 4 Remake or uh, Elden Ring. I'm, I'm coming. I, hey, well, I don't, I'll talk about that in a second when we, when we get into those. But uh, if, just for a shout-out, because there's also, um, I think it's called Story of Seasons or something. But there is a new Harvest Moon game that's on the Game Pass that is more, you know, way more intricate and has a bunch of other elements. But for an old school, you know, 16-bit Super Nintendo game, for me, this was a ton of fun.
1: No, it looks really good. Like, even just sitting here, I was enjoying you playing it. Again, because it's that bright, vibrant Super
0: Nintendo, nostalgic, the music. It is good. Yeah, the mark of the time that Super Nintendo was just a powerhouse. So, that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been, uh, that's what i recently watched. So, what have you been up to, good sir?
1: As far as what I've been doing, I haven't. I had family down, so I didn't really watch too much. But lately, I've been binging SWAT, and uh, that actually is all on Netflix now. I think it's like seven seasons long, and it's really it's actually like a really good show. I didn't realize it was kind of a continuation of the movie, sort of like it still has Hondo and like Colin Farrell's character, like Jim Street, but it's like a different version of them, but still the same people. And I think it's a continuation of like the old like SWAT show. But I just really like watching. Oh, so there's two SWAT shows. There's like an old one that's like from like the like 60s or whatever. Oh. But they still use like the same theme, like the da 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 I thought you were saying it was
0: a spinoff or continuation of the movie.
1: No, all, all of them so are. So it's all connected. All of them are supposed to be like connected oh, or something. Cool. When I like looked it up, Christina got me into it because she just started watching it because she said I like watching it because she really enjoyed watching me play Rainbow Six Siege, and that's almost like what you're watching is just like a real life version of it because you're using all these gadgets and whatever. So I think it's a really cool show. I think it's like a. Obviously not as hardcore as like a Law and Order is, but you know they're solving crimes and doing whatever. Plus all the gadgets and you have their obviously interpersonal stories and stuff. So I'm really enjoying it. I definitely would recommend it to anyone who likes watching stuff like Law and Order, or like Blue Bloods or anything Wait, like that. Was on really
0: uh, on? Ne- Netflix right now because yeah, I know Denny was talking to me about it. And he's like, yeah, I've been w- cruising through that. Mike, I think Andrew was digging it too. So oh, give it a try,
1: dude. Just it's such an easy show. Just put it on, you can be on your phone and then you're just like lying there and like really get into it once the plot takes off. Excellent. And then as far as playing anything, I actually. Fit ...finish the Castlevania Advance Collection. So that's uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and then Dracula X. I think I'm only missing like three achievements. Uh, I just didn't want to go back and do some of the other ones because one of them's like a little grindy... ...where you have to collect, I think, every soul of every enemy in the game. And you don't get them instantly from killing them. So there's some enemies you're sitting there going back. Because there's a couple you need for the good ending... And just without doing, like, the little... Going the extra mile to get the stuff so you're more likely to get it. It took me, like, 20 tries just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, dude... So you're waiting for it to, like, pop up or something? Like, Yeah, like, you kill it, and then it'll, like, light up, and then it, like, kind of flies into you, and it gives your person a special power. And this is just for Aria of Sorrow because all the games are connected together, and so there is one of them. I forget what it was called, but it's like, get all the achievements for all the Castlevania. So I'm mm. like, okay, well, I'm I'm obviously not going to do <laughs> some of these. <laughs> yeah, so I'm only missing like three of them, but I really liked them. If you're looking for something, uh, you know, around that era to play or something more, Symphony of the Night, I think Aria of Sorrow was the best of them. They all do something like a little bit different. Um, Circle of the Moon was like short and to the point, so I actually really enjoyed that one. Harmony of Dissonance had like a really cool magic card system because you get these cards and you they're all based on like the zodiac so you can mix like jupiter with mercury and that's fire but then if you mix jupiter with like saturn your dude will throw out like air slice oh, I, or that, something I like that and so cool. you, you can do all kinds of different things and it's not even just for attacks like some of them give you defense other if you're just standing still and you mix them it'll like make your health go up Uh, And others just make it so that way your whip will extend twice the length. So the card system was actually really, really cool. I really like that. And then Aria of Sorrow was more like Symphony of the Night. And that's where, like, you know, you're just going around. You're getting different weapons, different armors, and you're wearing whatever. So you might have a, instead of using a little dagger or a fist, you have a sword. Or I, I like using the lances or weapons that are really long. So that way I can keep my distance while I'm hitting everything. And then Dracula X is just a remake of Rondo of Blood. And that's just like an old Nintendo game. And funnily enough, too, is that's the one that where Symphony of the Night begins, where you're playing as Richter. Mm-hmm. And you beat Dracula at the end, and then it switches to Alucard. The beginning of that game is the ending of that one.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love a good tie-in. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's really, really cool. I had a good time playing them. I think all in all, just to beat all four of them and get the achievements and grind it. yeah, it was like 20 hours. Either way, Wallachia
0: is saved. What did we buy that for, 20 bucks? I think we got it for like 10 but I yeah. know it's on sale right yeah, now pretty, for 20 yeah, So you get a nice little game package out of that one. Nice. Uh, is that everything, my man? Yeah, for me. Alrighty, guys. So with that being said, guys, leave us down below what you've been playing, what you've been watching, and let us know what you guys have been up to. So uh, with that down in the way, let's move into our main topic. And this week, guys, isn't so much uh, story or news, but it's kind of a look at what has been going on with 2023, with the games we've played, and then kind of what's going on. What we're looking forward to, and maybe a couple things that we may have missed, because we're hitting July now, right? We're at that halfway point. There's been a ton of good stuff that's came out. There's a ton of stuff that I know people are looking forward to. So before we kind of dive into what we're going to be talking about, it's I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, it's like this year is shaping up to be pretty good. If you look back at, at years that a lot of people think are iconic, like 2017, 2007. I would say it's fair to say that 2023 could probably be considered, and we'll get into some of the games of why, that this could be in the conversation as one of the best years in recent memory for video games, especially when you look at how slow the pandemic was. And right, and after now that this year, it's had a couple of stinkers come out, and it's been kind of um, slow from the previous years. But like right at the gate from January all the way to December, we've got a full list of games that I think a lot of people would say are some of the best, especially if we talk about things like Zelda moving forward. I mean, it's a good year.
1: Yeah, I think it's been a non-stop good year, not just for the games, but I almost wonder, too, if it makes it mean a little bit less that we've seen a lot of, like, nines and tens for scores on a lot of these games. And, I mean, a lot of those games are good, and I think dude deserve that score. But it's like, does that lessen the impact because there's so many coming out at one time? I kind of don't think so because a lot of those games that got that score that we've played. I feel deserve it. So either way, I'm just
0: living it up right now. Nice. So the way we kind of wanted to do it was I wanted to pick three games that Andrew and I have each uh, played and beaten so far. So these will all be games before the beginning of July. Just to kind of maybe put it on your radar or maybe if you've been wanting to play it and you haven't or you haven't had a chance to beat it yet. Kind of like a little small review of what we've been doing. And then we'll dive into a game that maybe we missed on the calendar year that we're kind of still looking forward to go back to. And then at the end, we'll talk about two games that we're looking forward to that are coming still at the end of the year. But we're not going to include Starfield because I think everyone's looking forward to Starfield. And there was already a huge, what, 30-minute, 20-minute deep dive into that. So that's clear to say that we're definitely going to be playing, especially being day one on the Game Pass. So, Andrew, why don't you start us off with the first game? ...that you've already been playing in the first half of the year... ...that people should definitely at least go back and check out... ...if they haven't already.
1: So my first one, especially if you're looking for like a good brawler... ...or for any of you Yakuza fans waiting for anything newer... ...is like a Dragon Ishin. They pretty much just take all the characters... ...all your favorite people... ...and they put them in as these historical figures instead... In this, um, in like feudal era Japan. And it's actually a story that happened in real life. Obviously, it's a little over exaggerated as Yakuza is. But it was, I had such an amazing time playing this game. I think that was my first big one, big one out of the year that I really enjoyed. And again, just that brawling, like Yakuza style, just that beat em up going from thing to thing in the over the top story. It was just so good. It was so much fun to play.
0: Nice. So, um, the first game, guys, that I wanted to discuss was Hi-Fi Rush. This game pretty much came out of nowhere. it got great scores. 10 out of 10 on Steam. Shadow Drop. Yeah, big Shadow Drop. Hi-Fi Rush uh, was a rhythm-based action game developed by Tango Gameworks and published by Bethesda Softworks for the Windows and Xbox series platforms. It was announced on January 25th, 2023 and released worldwide the same day. So yeah, big Shadow Drop. Kind of came up. No one saw it coming. Definitely different from what I think people expect from Tango Gameworks and they, won, sure. and they 100% delivered on it not only is the game um, beautiful by its art design I love the way they kind of told the story and some of the cutscenes would be like comic book panels so you know something just like that already caught my eye the whole obviously it's a it's a it's a rhythm based game so the music is, is something that's constantly not only something that's in the background that you're hearing but intricate and part of the combat and the I got to say, games like this, I don't normally, I'm not attracted to. I don't normally gravitate towards them. I don't really, uh, it's not kind of in my wheelhouse, but when I, the more I kept playing Hi-Fi Rush, dude, I I, I got it. There's times where I was, na- I, mean, I was ending it with like S-Class with victories. There was a couple boss fights, man, that I thought I actually wasn't going to be able to beat because they were just so, you had to be so just on point. But the more you play it, the more I felt it was very rewarding It's got definitely replayability you can go back you can explore more levels you can unlock new secrets having newer characters that you get at the end of the game going back and playing certain levels you need their power to unlock it so it was a lot of fun the characters were were funny the storyline was engaging um and for a game and that's how i started january you know what i mean for a game in in most i mean i guess it's kind of that it's kind of changed because i think like elden ring and other games lately have been coming out more in january february march Where once upon a time, that was a dump month. You know what I mean? You didn't really start seeing the games till like May, June, July. But now we're at that point where January's prime time, February's prime time for good games. And I got to say, starting out 2023, for me, Hi-Fi Rush was an excellent game. So if you haven't checked it out, um, go for it because it's definitely on
1: the Game Pass. That is one I still need to do because I do love Tango. I forgot to mention Like Dragon came out in February. So my next game... Uh, came out march 24th and this is the big capcom game that everyone was worried about but it came out and was absolutely amazing and that's resident Evil 4 remake again how do you remake a game that literally defined a generation most people say it's perfect yeah that it's perfect created what modern third person shooters are and that over the shoulder can like created that entire camera angle and they just came out of nowhere and completely modernized it. It's so good. I actually love this more than the original. I think it still keeps its charm. It feels a lot better to play. And actually really just uh, again the way it's integrated with the other game that it's now part of the modern Resident Evil storyline. I actually love it a lot more and this is something that I really can't wait for you to play to kind of get your opinion on. Yeah,
0: I, I started playing it and cuz I know Andrew and I like to we like to play games as quick as we can when we're going to talk about it on the show. And Andrew was so much further in Resident Evil 4 than I was. I forget what came out like right, right afterwards, but I, I accidentally put it down, which I hate doing, especially with games where you want to stay in the flow. But I remember coming off of that. It had an excellent demo that I think yeah. everyone was I, the, the chainsaw demo. I think yeah. it was called. I mean, just go just playing that. I think was giving people goosebumps. So Resident Evil 4 is definitely. I was I was we were talking on the phone the other day. It was gonna be the next game I started playing. But then I figured I'm gonna play the other one that you just recently beat. And we'll talk about that on your next game. Was that it for original four?
1: Yeah, I think that game for sure is going to be in game of the year. It's, I think it's going to be a very tight game of the year nomination. Yeah, for sure. I, want to, I
0: want to ask you that at the end of this. And what we'll kind of pick and point? Which one? It's definitely going to be in contention. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. So my next game that I want to give a shout out to is Hogwarts Legacy. This game, um, it was kind of up in the air a lot of you know a lot of controversy surrounding this thing and i and it and it 100% Deliver Not only in the gameplay, but also the haters that I think we're trying to um, tack onto it. So if you weren't familiar with it, Hogwarts Legacy is a 2023 action role-playing game developed by Avalanche Software and published by Warner Brothers Games under its Portkey Games label. The game, part of the Wizarding World franchise, takes place in the late 1800s, 1800s, a century prior to the events chronicled in the Harry Potter novel. So that alone is something that Andrew and I always talk about. If you're going to be building on franchise games, licensed games, Put it in a different era. Star Wars doesn't, can't seem to do that on every one of their games. But the fact that Harry Potter was able to make this thing a hundred years before, right? Take some liberties, make a new storyline, make a whole new enemy, make goblins kind of more of a thing. Instead of just making it more evil wizards, right? We got introduced to... They're just bankers. Yeah. We, yeah, we got introduced to this whole new character. And it was... it's It was... It was going to be tough because, I mean, you look at the old Harry Potter games. The Lego games are fun. The old PS2 games and PlayStation games are a lot of fun. So I think the challenge was going to be, can, and I have a lot of confidence in Avalanche. Like, can they make this open, I would not say an MMO, but like this open world game that feels like you're in Hogwarts. And I would say the answer is yes. Hogwarts alone is huge and big to go explore. But then you get to look at the world map, which is even bigger. And you get to go see Hogsmeade. And then, you know, you get to explore all the countryside, so exploring felt awesome. There was times where I was in this game, you know, flying the bloom, the bloom, the broom, and on different animals, just, you know, cruising through the day and night system was awesome, but the the amount of quests and secrets that they have in this game, and then the combat was surprisingly extremely kind of batman as very fluid, and you were able to set up all these spells, and, you know, you could make it set up just the way you wanted to, you could customize the look of your character, you know, the fun part was playing somebody from your house, which, you know, I did Ravenclaw. You started the game, what did you do? You were Slytherin? Uh, yeah. And it was just, I think it 100% captured the magic of what Harry Potter had to offer. I think its only hiccup was that it was tied to last gen hardware. I think if this game wasn't running on PS4, and I mean, it's even went to the Switch, if this thing was just 100% like PS5, Xbox Series X, I think it would have been even better than it already was, and to me it was still a great
1: game. I fell off on it, and I think... Um, I can't remember what maybe came out around this time, that I think I jumped on it instead. I, again, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, but people talk about lazy sequels all the time. Maybe Dead Space would have came out around then? Maybe, but even I could recognize that this is easily a game that you can make a lazy sequel to, where you don't change anything, just make it graphically a little bit better. Yeah, build off and of it. add just... Perfect Quidditch was really the only thing people really wanted out of this too that's considered missing, and people would give it another 10 because yeah. it was already done that well.
0: Yeah, because this game has a lot to do, a lot of stuff to go find, and if you want 100% the game, it's going to take you a while. And I stopped playing it, but I got to 90%, 97% of this game being done. One of the last few things I had to do was just start the game over again with every character and get to that certain point, which I just never did. But yeah, this, this game was... Was big. It was awesome, and I can't wait to see what they do next. So I think they did a great job doing something in the Harry Potter universe. So
1: my last one, again, another Game of the Year nominee for sure, came out May twelfth, mm-hmm. and people have been waiting forever for this. And that's going to be Tears of the Kingdom. Now I could just leave it at that alone because I mean everyone <laughs> knows what that is. But this game, I actually didn't play. uh What I I can't think of what it's called before. What Breath was of the Wild. It? Breath of the Wild. I did not play Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. so I might be a little bit biased in this too. That. I know a lot of people were kind of hating it, like saying, oh, the world kind of looks the same. It feels the same. Graphically, it's not that different. To me, it didn't bug me because it was already beautiful. As something yeah. that looks that good on that kind of hardware, I don't really know kind of where you take that from there. That It just felt... Uh, it instantly when I started it up, you start off in the sky area, which I thought was like a really cool addition to this, like how vertical this game is. But just started playing this game within the first hour. I'm like, man, this is like a Zelda game. I haven't played a Zelda game... Since Wind Waker, and this is it. This oh, we, is what we, we f-
0: beat. Link's Awakening.
1: Oh well, uh, Link's Awakening I mean, Link's Awakening's a remake from a, oh, a right, Game Boy right. game, like, but yeah, like, I mean, like a fresh new. But that next big yeah. f- flagship Zelda that's supposed to be pushing the boundaries, pushing the thing. And instantly, I'm like, you know, this is that feeling. This is it. This is Zelda. And nothing comes close to replicating. In all its glory. The, nothing comes close to replicating to what this feels like. It just felt so good to play. That even though I felt some of the story was a... I don't want to say lackluster, but when you go to some of the areas, you it's a little bit repetitive with how it explains it to you. That I'm like, I don't know why you didn't get four different angles of the same story you get 75 percent of the same story from each one and then 25 percent a little bit different whereas i felt like they all could have told the same story from a different point of view and maybe they were all doing different things would have made it a lot better but just the overall to it was really good especially the lead-up to ganon this version of ganon actually might be one of my favorites he's so good especially i, hear, I hear the, he's awesome the, the way that you meet him and then the way that it ends especially some of his dialogue is just so good And I absolutely love this game that it it is my game of the year so far. I didn't think it was going to pass Resident Evil 4 for me because I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. And Resident Evil 4 Remake, it's a perfect game. It's so good that
0: I'm I'm in love with this game. Okay, good. So now I was going to say I was going to play Resident Evil 4 next. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Tears of the Kingdom. So I just ordered it on Amazon. It's going to be here like tomorrow or the next day or something. And uh, that's, I think, gonna be the next game because I think both of us had a time lapse on our next big games. That, like, I mean, Exo Primal aside, I think September is the next time we knew we we're both looking forward to a big game. So I feel like July August is gonna be a good time to try to catch up on some games. And I'm hoping between now and then I can squeeze in Tears of the Kingdom and then Resident Evil Four, which you I know you should gonna be for sure one. be able to fit both. Yeah, so I wanted to do uh, Zelda because I know because that's gonna be in confliction with my next game, which so far has been my game of the year, which is uh final fantasy 16 which is a 2023 action role-playing game developed and published by square enix the 16th main installment in the final fantasy series and it was released for the ps5 as a timed exclusive but we don't even know what that means anymore because 7 was a timed exclusive and it's still locked down but hey, daddy's waiting yeah for me i mean i ran through that game i don't want say incredibly fast because i haven't put in sessions into a game like this in like 15 hour back-to-backers in a in a while and this game is just so captivating, the storyline is so in-depth, and that, for, to me, is what makes good Final Fantasy. So anyone, you keep reading all these things about, and we were talking about off-camera earlier, like, all these people that run their mouth saying that this isn't a true Final Fantasy, to me, is an idiot. This thing is 100% Final Fantasy. What is Final Fantasy? Yeah, through and through, and that's the whole thing, Final Fantasy... Um, changes it's from different from game, to in game every game. There is no identical Final Fantasy. So I can understand if you don't like the combat, because one of the biggest things is that it's no longer kind of role-playing. There's not a real party system. It went to the hack and slash, and it's like, okay, if you don't like that, don't play it. But that does not make it that doesn't mean it's not a Final Fantasy. You know how many other Final Fantasy games there are like Crystal Chronicles and My Life is King? Like Final Fantasy is what Final Fantasy is, and this is just a different combat system. And I'd argue it's one of the most fun, engaging combat systems I've had in a game. It's more fun to play than God of War the combat system, and I'm a huge fan of God of War. The way they were able to tie in the icon powers and how you can kind of customize it exactly how you like. To me, I'm like, cool. This is the, the I love this type of combat. And one of the things people are saying like, there's no party members and this and that. And I'm like okay well you gotta understand in this game when someone dies they die there is no phoenix down right so there is no party system to where if someone died you can you can revive them because people get murked in this game and a death means something in this game magic aside so to me i understood why it was a one-man team with a couple of npcs here and there that will help you out so i completely got it but again though if the combat's not for you, I mean, and you're more into the story, this thing blows a lot of things out of the water. Um, I was kind of talking to Cien about it because he's really the only one that's in our inner group that I know that's played uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy 16, and I know he was saying that 16 story is 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 outrageous. But I said I think he still said he lands on Zelda. So that was why for me, I'm like, okay, now I've got, now I have to play Tears of the Kingdom because now for me, I'm gonna have to side by side these things and juxtapose what I like more about one versus the other. But again, um, yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, because again, one of the things I gotta point out, and for you, I know you'd love the music in this thing is epic, dude. And you can't talk about the music without talking about the boss battles. Like they're both on a whole different level. So these things get epic. They get huge. And one of the things I just want to point out, a lot of people cry about the map and they're like, oh, I hate how you can't travel around anymore. And they keep showing the kind of map and how it's set up. All the map is, is fast travel points. Like there'll be a spot where these two, you know, blue points are. And they're like, oh, I just go to here to there. I'm like, I'm like you know, that's the same map. When you click this one, and you, and you enter it, and you can actually see where you're running to, they're still the same places on the board. All that is is just a fast travel system. So everyone, Because I showed you how the map was yeah. working. I'm like, you can still run head to toe from the bottom to the top of the map if that's what you want. They're just going to be separate spots. So, I don't know. I, I love the fact that there was the Chocobos in there. I love that all the summons were in there. For me, so far, Final Fantasy 16 has been my game of the year. So, with that being said, guys, those are three games that we've played so far. Um, I want to get into, and we can do it quickly, because I know it's getting a little hot now. Yeah. Is, uh, let's talk about a, a game that we missed. What's something on your calendar so far that maybe... You didn't have time for it. It, it kind of went past you. What would you miss the, that you wouldn't mind going back to before the year's up? Uh, mine, it came out April 21st. Is Dead Island 2. I felt like
1: we weren't really expecting that game to be good. And, yeah. um We were letting, we we're waiting for Collins to uh, Yeah, there was something else that came out around that time, too. Again, it seemed like there's so many games stacking on top of each other that came out right around each other that we just didn't play it. And looking back at it now, I see a lot of people loving it and seeing that it was really good. I'm like, man... I really wish I would have Yeah, I was like, I really kind of wish I would have played that one, but now it's at the point that, yes, I'm like, ah, uh, it's kind of at that point where it should be on sale soon, so I'll just pick it up on sale versus play it, pay whatever full price. No, I bet you like, in
0: fall, I bet you in October it's going to, it'll be on like a horror sale.
1: Yeah, or, so, or something like that. Either way, that game actually ended up looking a lot better than people thought it was going to be, especially after being in, you know, development hell forever that it finally came out. And a lot of people said it was good. So that's something that I missed out on. But I also think maybe I need a little break too, especially coming after Dead Space, Resident Evil remake. I'm like, ah, how many zombie games am
0: I going to play like back to back? I need a little break from the horror. Nice. Um, the game that I missed, um, was, and I really, really wanted to play and I'm hoping I still can do it was Octopath Traveler two, which launched and I know I missed it cause it came out in February 24th. And that's when we were doing high fi rush, Hogwarts, dead space. So it just kind of got mixed in the, uh, in the color fluffle and it's the, obviously the sequel to number one, it's the game that has, um, it really uses that beautiful art style. And I like that more games are kind of digging into that 2d HD pixel kind of bit, um, art style it rolls on the same cha- new set of eight characters. It was a game that and I don't do this too often. I beat not only did I beat it on the Switch, but then I rebeat it again on the Xbox. So that's how that's how much I liked number 1. So, um, as soon as I knew there was a number 2, that's what I want to play. I like that they're that they're um, one of the things they added was a day and night si- uh, system and they were saying how there's going to be different choices that happen with different characters depending on what time of the day you do it in. So it just adds a whole nother level. So that is a game that I'm hoping to get to before the year is up. So with that out of the way, guys, let's move into the final spot of what games are we looking forward to? Obviously we said Starfield isn't going to be one because everyone's looking forward to that. So Andrew, uh, we picked out two different games that are hopefully, you know, assuming they don't get pushed coming out by the end of the year. Um, what do you? What's first on your on your watch? I'm
1: actually gonna not do mine in chronological order because I'm more excited for the one that comes out first than later. So the one I'm gonna mention first um, is like a dragon, Gaiden, man who erased his name, which comes out in November. And again, this is just another brawler from you know RGG Studio coming straight from sega and i'm just so in love with these games ever since they dropped on the xbox game pass and the majority of them are still on game pass i actually just got my other uh brother uh ian into it and he's cruising through zero right now he's already almost done with it because i told him i was like it takes a little bit to get into because it's so much because it's really building this world give it enough it's not one of the give it 15 hours and it goods good no <laughs> get, give it two hours and then it really takes off for like of give you. It three games <laughs> yeah Give it two hours, and it'll really take off for you, and it's good. And he's absolutely loving it, and so he thinks he's going to try to for all of them, too. Um, I'm a little bit cautious of this one just because 6 was supposed to end Kiryu's story, and then 7, he kind of makes an appearance in there, but he's not the main focus anymore. I'm like, ah, oh, what really more is there to really kind of tell? But I do love him as a character that I'm just kind of really open to anything for it, so... That is my first one.
0: Nice. And you guys are getting so many of these games coming out. It's like, once upon a time, nobody... Sega wasn't doing anything for us getting them in the West, and now it's like, oh, here's all of them, and here's three more in the next, like, year.
1: Well, the better part of it is that... So we got the two this year, and then when we get Infinite Wealth, which comes out at the start of next year, it almost like it doesn't even matter because infinite wealth which is the mainline Yakuza's now are going to be um like jrpgs going forward so it's a completely different style of game now it's like oh i already wasn't bored of the brawler aspect anyways but now it's just
0: a completely entirely different game in the same world that yeah, i absolutely I, love good universe so yeah um the game i'm looking forward to uh first is boulders gate 3 which is an upcoming role-playing game developed and published by larian studios this is the third main game in the boulder gate series which is based on the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop role-playing system. Now, the initial release date was August 23rd, and that was going to be P- PC and PS5. But since then, the PlayStation 5 version, if I'm not mistaken, has been pushed back to September 6th, coincidentally enough the same day as Starfield. So yeah. that'll be a tough one. But this game for me, Boulder's Gate is a staple in my co-op playing with my brother back in the day on PS2. I never got into the... To the PC ones and to the RPGs that were on like the, the PC because I don't really get into that type of RPG. We were doing more of the old one and two, Baldur's Gate and Dark Alliance, um, the old hack and slash. I've done kind of Dark Alliance. Game. Yeah, I, and I love that kind of has. It's just that good co-op kind of play. Three is kind of it looks like it's mixing them both together. It is going to be a turn-based game, but it still will be co-op because you can either play, I believe, with like AI generated characters. Or you can actually make a group and, you know, make your party and play with people online. So what they're saying is this is going to be as close to D&D via video game as you can get. And a couple things I was saying is that, I don't know if you saw this, they were saying this thing has over like, hundred and seventy plus hours of, of cinematics. They're saying there's more c- cinematic scenes in this game than the entirety of Game of Thrones, or something along the lines that I read. Because what they're saying is there's there's so much in this game. It's almost like a like a Skyrim. You shouldn't do it all, or like, this game's gonna take you a lot of time if you want to see everything, which right. can be good or you know extremely daunting to other people. But to me, I'm like, yeah, let me play that. I'm Gino was saying this might be a reason he buys a PS5 just so we can jump on boulder's gate and play together so yeah if you've been watching any of the um trailers and stuff like that this thing looks awesome and i'm extremely looking forward to it so uh yeah september 6th for the ps5 version
1: my last one uh comes out september 19th and Before I even mention the game, I want to give a shout-out to NetherRealm Studios, because I don't feel like they get really, like, enough credit for, one, sticking with a series for so long and constantly improving it and trying new things, but then they did something good with, or out out of nowhere, with, like, Injustice, and they could have done another Injustice game, but I think that's kind of tied up with a lot of stuff at Warner Brothers. so instead of doing Injustice 3, like what people thought it was going to be, they announced Mortal Kombat 1. Now, this is a sequel to 11, so it is still the same universe. It is just another reboot, which is weird because 9 did, I guess you could say like a soft reboot because a lot of the same things still happen, but it was just a way for them to get rid of all the other stuff that had happened while retelling the main games of like 1, 2, and 3. And then taking aspects of 4 and stuff and going from there. But now this is a completely new thing. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't done 11. I think you should go back and play it. Liu Kang is now like a god of time and trying to remake this universe. But somehow things just... Evil still finds a way and things keep going wrong. But watching the newest combat cast in the trailer. They're really changing a lot. Like Sub-Zero and... Um, Scorpion are actually, like, physical brothers now. Yeah, because
0: we, we were talking about that. We weren't sure exactly
1: where that was landing, but now it's it's definitive. Yeah, because before we were saying brothers, and it was almost sounded like brothers in arms or whatever, but no, it's like they're physical brothers, where I think um, Scorpion is actually behan which is the younger Sub-Zero, who with the scar on his eye, who takes up the OG Sub-Zero, uh, Kui-Lang's mantle after he dies in the first Mortal Kombat. So now who would die and become... Noob Saibot, I don't know if there is a Hanzo Hasashi, which is Scorpion, or the Shirai Ryu, which is his clan, and then uh, Smoke is like their adoptive brother, but I don't think it says like his real name, but again, you see Johnny Cage and Shang Tsung, they've gone through, and now there's even, I don't know how it works, but Melina, I don't think is a creation of Shang Tsung from the Flesh Bits, I think her and Katana are both biological biological sisters but she's caught in a disease and I think it's a, what they call the Tarkata or whatever but Tarkatin is what um uh, uh, Baraka, Baraka always was that's what his species is and that's kind of what she was always kind of a mix of his Tarkatin DNA and uh Katana's DNA but now it's almost like she has a disease where it's causing her mouth to deform and her eyes kind of to shape so that's why she wears this thing and yeah. it's almost like she's the ruler of Outworld there is no Shao Kahn and and uh katana is like her bodyguard so they're changing all kinds of stuff that it it just looks yeah, old, so old interesting in
0: yeah
1: it's just it but it's so, it's so interesting i'm and looks uh, good i'm super super into it and again it looks beautiful that's where i i think Netherrealm should just get absolute credit each iteration of every game they do is so beautiful and i think they really took the leap from um Mortal Kombat 9 and Justice 1 when they did MKX, but then even in Justice 2, just the facial animations, and then they took that to the next level of 12 and now, or uh, 11, looking at some of the new, even just the levels like Johnny Cage's Penthouse, it's beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful design, and it just looks so good that I'm so excited for this game. Hey, we skipped Street Fighter 6.
0: We, we shan't be skipping Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah,
1: this I'm for sure not skipping, and again, I know what I'm gonna look forward to is a nice story. Front to back that I can be in maybe like 15 hours that is just hopefully good front to back.
0: You ever do any of the online fighting? Do you ever scrabble kids?
1: I do kind of play people. I'm not the best though. So I'll get in there and maybe like do a couple rounds. Uh, More usually what I do is um, my brothers will come over if they own it. And usually they'll have weird modes on there. Like you can put random stuff. So we'll be fighting each other. And sometimes it'll be like uh, they had on the old one. It's uh, like no arms. Or no, no kicking, or you can't jump, or each person, each person only you start with one health, and so you're both like just playing cat and mouse for trying to get the one hit in, or there's weird projectiles that will fall from the map, so as you're fighting each other, or it could even be poison, so your health's going down as you're trying to fight each other. So just weird things. We more prefer to do that instead.
0: I like that. So um, the final game that I have that I've been looking forward to is. Marvel's Spider Man 2 upcoming adventure, uh, action adventure game developed by Insomniac Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, the release date is October 20th, 2023. Looks and, so good. Yeah, this game looks amazing. It's one, I mean, Spider Man when it came out, um, you know, obviously one of the big things you have to go against that a lot of people would say is one of the greatest comic book games was Batman, right? That was a tough thing to go against. Batman came out of the gate and surprised a lot of people and then spider-man comes out and you're like wow now we figured out how to do this and then since then there's been games that are comic book titles like the avengers guardians Guardians of the galaxy where it's just kind of like okay they're not all there but spider-man uh being made with insomniac was amazing you could tell they were going to do more things and they learned their lesson because a lot of people didn't care for like the mary jane stuff so then we got we kind of got spider-man 1.5 felicia hardy is way better (laughs) i love me some felicia and then we got Spider-Man you know, 1.5, which was uh, Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. And a standalone game, a little bite-sized, not terribly long. Amazing, man. The way they were able to tell Miles Morales' story with new abilities and his separation. He clearly, I mean, if you don't know him from the comics, it's hard to look at. I mean, And obviously they have the new movies that are out. But like this game really defined Miles Morales as his own hero, as his own protagonist of his own story. And But the question's always been, okay, well, when do we get them to meet up and get to play them? And, then, and that's been answered. And the trailers that we got to see, the original tease clearly showed that Venom was going to be a part of this game. And then most recently we saw like the 10 minute trailer or gameplay footage that they did where Craven's obviously going to be one of the main villains, which is an awesome villain that kind of is oh, underrated. I mean, I'm going to be really curious to see what they do with the movie, but this is the Spider-Man that we're going to see have the venom symbiote on I mean, it's going to be interesting because in most other tie-ins spider-man never has the symbiote when he's around miles morales you know what i mean they're usually that's usually a whole different timeline so it's going to be really curious to see how his new abilities work and one of the things they were people were kind of questioning is like well is it am i going back and forth between the two and so i guess what they've answered is in free roam right when you're just going to run around the city look for fights to stop you can switch casually back between both of them which is awesome but storyline focusing, it will go back and forth, particularly between each one and who you're going to play with. I like with. that. Yeah, I, I love it. And then when we saw that gameplay, it was a little more than I think we needed to see because I'm already sold. But when you get to see what they're doing with how Craven looks, with how Lizard looks, with how the symbiote combat looks, with how the new uh, you know swinging through New York City looks, I'm like, man, they, I, mean, I don't know if I'd want to ask for a Spider-Man 3. I, mean, I don't know where they're going to end it on this one. But, man, after it being the third game, essentially, in, in this in this series, I mean, this thing looks amazing, and I'm just, I want to know where it's going to land, because it's going against big titles, which kind of brings me to um, the end of this, but I wanted to point out, out of everything we have on here, clearly Zelda's going to be on Game of the Year, I think clearly Final Fantasy 16 is going to be on Game of the Year, depending if they do a 5 or a 6 spot, Anything else on your list do you think would make that cut? Because in my mind, I feel this will be a year Spider-Man 2, judging on what we saw, right, when it comes out and it's and if we see if it's awesome or not. I think Spider-Man 2 is probably might make that cut. Resident Evil 4, Spider-Man 2 for sure would. Tears of the Kingdom's obviously going to be there. Because other games we haven't talked about, big games are like Dead Space Remake, which was amazing. Yeah. And Diablo 4 is getting a big bump right now, another game that we both beat, which is amazing. So even games we haven't mentioned... I mean, are still in contention to be probably Game of the Year. So, anything on your list that you think is definitely going to be on there? Besides for, Oh,
1: for coming up? Uh, oh, Resident Evil 4, for no, sure. I think Resident Evil 4.
0: 4? I think Resident Evil 4 is going to make it.
1: But as far as coming up, if any of these coming up games I have on here, I don't know if Mortal Kombat 1 would make it on there. there there's no I, win fighting game of the year. But I think it would be nice to see a fighting game, especially with how beautiful this one looks, as long as they can nail the story and whatever they have added to it, even if it was just nominated, I think that would be a huge thing for, you know, for fighting games. Hey, we're more than just this now. Yeah,
0: best fighting game of the year. Yeah, yeah
1: we're more. Yeah, e- exactly. So I, I would like to see Mortal Kombat one. If it does well, I would like to see it up there.
0: Yeah. Um, it's just, dude, there's so much good stuff. So back to the original question, man. I mean, pound for pound, I don't, I think it'd be hard for anybody to press and say 2023, isn't going to go down as one of the best years in gaming history. I mean, and again, and there's still Starfield to talk about when that comes out. I mean, agree or I mean... It has i to be on Mount Rushmore at this point.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'd like to see it towards the end of the year because I I'm not gonna do it. I'm too lazy. But when people put those lists of games that came out in like what year yeah. and something like that to see this compared to every other year, that I, I yeah, I wonder if there is going to be a year that was better.
0: Yeah, because this is one of the things where again, I'm playing High Fire Rush in January. The year started out strong, and by the time we get to Starfield, Spider Man, all these other things, like it looks like it's gonna end pretty strong. So I'm I'm extremely happy, and I mean we're halfway through. We've got you know the other half of the race to run, and I mean from here on out, man, it's just gonna be nothing but just game. I, mean, I think right now that since injured, I don't think a big game is still September. Right now, it's just a good time to just catch up and play a lot of these things. You think you'll do your your missed game? Um, no, because I have already decided on the
1: other games I'm gonna play in between. That uh, again, that that one's gonna be a sale for me. What about you?
0: Um, I I think I'm I'm definitely gonna do Zelda, definitely do uh, Resident Evil. And then if there's time, I'll see if San wants to ha- go halves on PS5 and do Octopath. Because I don't know if I can squeeze in all three of those before September. Because Octopath going to be like a 50-hour game. Yeah, like, probably not.
1: I mean, Tears of the Kingdom's already that long. Yeah. So,
0: guys, um, we're not going to do questions of the week this week. Because, I mean, again, we just wanted to talk about these main games. Get this episode out to you guys as quick as we can. So, guys, that is the... End of episode 172. Join us later this week when we do episode 173, guys. Until next time, my name is Craig Perales. This is Mandrew Montemarri. Cheers. See ya.